the Empowered Mothers Village is hosted by two soul-led mothers, Kayleen and Emma. This podcast is a real and authentic space where we share our experiences of raising conscious humans while providing you with tools and resources to navigate your own experiences. This podcast is an extension of our virtual village for those on the journey of conscious motherhood. We believe in creating a safe community to support you in rediscovering and trusting your authentic self. We hope you feel seen, heard, and supported as you listen. Welcome to our second episode of the Empowered Mothers Village. This episode, we're going to be talking about conscious parenting and what that means to us. This episode was recorded in, oh geez, January 2022 dates. Um, It was recorded for our community, and when we recorded it, it was also in video, so if anything um, you can't see that doesn't make sense, we apologize. Um, is there anything that I'm forgetting? That seemed too simple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think just that we recorded it initially with, um, just our private community, our membership in mind, not for the entire public. Um, but we just love the conversation so much this one and the next few that we didn't want to just keep them in there. We wanted to put them in our podcast. So, um, yeah, that's just, I don't know, we wanted to take them public, but they initially were not recorded for, in mind, keeping them public in mind. I can't talk. That's okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, yeah, the first episode we talked about conscious parenting. We were talking about deconditioning and conscious parenting. Um, I know a lot of the conversation ended up sent. Well, I suppose we should say where we were. Um, (laughs) So my baby, I talked about him. He was seven months at the time, and he's going to be a year. Well, by the time you're listening to this, he'll be a year. (laughs) So, you know, and in in terms of baby, the first year, a lot changes within those first month to month. Um, So it's been a few months since then. And then my son was six. He's still six. My other son. Oh. Emma, if you want to share where you were. Yeah. So I was pregnant, I guess. I don't know. A lot of months pregnant. Um, Math is hard. Um, But now I have a baby. So now I'm a real mom. Not that being pregnant doesn't make you a real mom. But I think that's part of what we're going to talk about in this intro is just for me at least, the very difference between being pregnant and talking about what parenting means and conscious parenting means and actually being a parent and what that feels like in practice, um, specifically with a newborn. It's very... We were talking about this before recording. Like, It's not that it's different. I still believe all of the same things, but putting it into practice and trying to regulate my nervous system is a lot harder than just, you know, sitting around and talking about it like we were. Yeah, I was listening to it, and, um, you know, because a lot of the conversation just centered around the nervous system because really to be able to consciously parent, you have to be aware of how you're responding, reacting, and, like, you can't really 
do any of that like the way you want to from like a very dysregulated like when you're in that dysregulated state so we were talking about that um and it was funny because I kept like talking to you Emma and saying like well I know you know this like you know this like you know how it's gonna be like but now I'm kind of like laughing at myself too even because I think I didn't want to be like oh you don't even know Emma (laughs) but um I yeah it was it's interesting because you know like you're you know trauma-informed like you're very educated and around like the nervous system and those reactions and stuff but um I'm curious to hear like how from where that space was where you were in that space and like where you are now two months in as of this recording um how your nervous system is doing and (laughs) that's changed (laughs) thank you for not being like oh just wait because plenty of people said that about plenty of things when it came to parenting and it's just not helpful (laughs) um today in this recording I feel okay um but I think in the bigger picture it's really been a a challenge because like you were saying especially when you're educated in something and you like understand like why something's happening and why your brain's doing something and why your body's doing something it doesn't necessarily stop it from happening that doesn't mean I'm like immune to anything although it's nice to like sit and think about that until it happens. I'm like, oh my god, my nervous system is so dysregulated. I don't know what to do half the time. I like, I know what to do, but I don't know what to do when I'm in that space. Um, I think the most interesting piece and in, that I've kind of noticed for myself is like how much it feels like regression. Like, I can feel or compare it to, because this is the way that my brain works, like being a certain place and time in my life. Like I can feel how far back my nervous system kind of has gone based on like things that are happening to me. Conversations I'm having with my partner, things that are bothering me. Like it feels almost like a familiar place, not necessarily the parenting piece. (laughs) That's different on new and exciting territory, but like what that feels like in my body, I'm like, oh, this is like a couple of years back before I knew anything about my nervous system, before I knew how to regulate myself. But I think having that awareness helps me bring it back. And, and we've been doing on our Instagram at this point in the month of June, 2022. I don't even know what year it is. I want to keep wanting to say 2021. Um, we've been doing like a nervous system reset and that's been so helpful to just be like, Oh, <laughs> go outside. <laughs> Oh, we didn't do this yet, but like go drink a glass of water. Like the very simple things that are hard to do when you're not, I mean, sometimes they're hard to do, but like when you're postpartum and just don't think about, like, I remember reading in a book about postpartum and stuff. And it was like, you should set an alarm to go to the bathroom because you won't. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I will not forget to go to the bathroom. I, there's definitely been periods in the past few months where I'm like, I do not know the last time I went to the bathroom, like, or I do know what it is. And it's way too long for anyone to have (laughs) held their pee that long. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of how it's going. It's, it's, it's interesting because I feel good today. So there's part of me that's like, you know, 
I'm figuring it out. Ask me tomorrow. I might be crying in a ball on the floor. There's definitely been a lot of that um, back and forth space too. Like it's, I can feel regulated and okay, but because there's like so much stimulation from having a child, it can easily just be like zero to three, three sixty in no time. That's what that expression means. I don't know why. <laughs> really quickly is what I'm saying yeah I completely get that um and it's it's just so fun to be able to like look back at just those few months and how different life is right um the nervous system reset that we've been doing what I love about it is because like when you're a parent especially like at when they're babies because the baby it's just really hard because you're they're 100% reliant on you. They usually want mom. Um, like, if you have a partner, they can step in and stuff. But, like, really, they want mom. Like, they were in your womb for nine months or, you know, however, ten months, <laughs> however long you were pregnant for. But um, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, they want you. It's just really hard because you don't get space. Like, you can't, like especially for me as a single mom like I am doing it all alone I don't have anyone to support I don't have anyone that comes and helps with the boys or anything and my baby wants me (laughs) my baby is like such a mama's boy like even if someone were to come over he would not want to be with them um and so it's just it's hard because you don't get the space and like it's hard to like regulate your nervous system when you don't have space Um, like he took contact naps on me, like literally up until a couple weeks ago. So he was like 11 and a half months. (laughs) He finally started like being able to like lay down for naps by himself. Like I have to get him to sleep, but I can finally like lay him down and he'll stay asleep where before that, like that just was not happening. And so he napped at me and that was fine. It was forced rest. So there were like, there's pros and cons to it. Um, But I've just noticed, even in the last few weeks, of how different I'm able to, like, regulate myself. Like, I just feel calmer, even having a little bit of space where, because when he's awake, he's so into everything, and he's everywhere, and everything is in his mouth. There could be nothing on the ground, nothing around, and he will still find something to put in his mouth. (laughs) So I'm constantly chasing him. Like, if he's awake, like, my nervous system is already, like, activated. <laughs> like, because I'm like, what's he going to do next? Is he safe? Is he this? Like, um, so it's just hard. Like, I just haven't gotten the space. And now that I'm getting a little bit, and it's not even every day we're, we're close. It depends if we're out or whatever. But anyway, just that little bit of space has been, it's almost like I'm playing catch up right now. Cause I'm like, let me go do yoga. <laughs> let me like just sit and do nothing. Um, so, but it's been nice to just have, have a little bit of space, but also our nervous, this is where I was going. Our nervous system <laughs> reset has been so helpful because as a mom, like before either you, be, you become a mom or you like you're in the baby phase. Cause my son my oldest was like three, four, five when I was getting into, you know, starting to do all this, use the tools and, and use them and like regulate my nervous system, like consciously. And he was old enough where I was able to do that. 
but then I had a baby, so then I went back to baby mode. Um, and so when you're in that more, where your nervous system is activated more frequently, I don't even know if I'm using the right words, but whatever, that's how I like to say it. <laughs> when you're like activated more and you're just busy, like, you know, like we talked earlier, like the brain fog and all this stuff, like you know the tools, you've done them in the past, but accessing them in the moment is like a different story. Like, it's like you cannot remember anything. If someone comes to me with a problem, like, Emma, if you text me, I'm like, oh, have you tried this, this, this? Now, if I have that problem, I'll be like, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> like, what? Like, I will, I just will sit there until you need, like, the space. So sometimes, like, me being able to help somebody else gives me that space to actually stop and think about it. And so for our nervous system reset, where every day we're giving everyone an invitation and doing something. So like today was connecting with water. We've had doing different breathing techniques and going outside and all these different things. And it's just something simple. And like that one simple thing is not going to like fix everything for you, but it gives you a moment. And like those pockets, I always use the word pockets, those pockets of time, and sometimes in the baby year, like the baby year, sometimes those pockets are impossible to find depending on your situation and stuff. But that's kind of what you have to end up doing as a mom is you just have to find pockets because you don't you don't get to go back to, you know, until they're like not living with you or they're like way old. I don't know. I haven't experienced that. My oldest is only six. So I don't know when it like changes more, but you really just have to find the pockets that work for you. But it's nice to have it laid out for you. Be like, here, do this today. So, um, you know, we've had in our chat, we've had a lot of people just talk about how much more calm they are. And I think just having it on your mind and having, we've had the chat ongoing. So we're constantly being reminded of it. And that helps, has helped a lot too. Um, yeah, do you have anything to add about the nervous system that we talked about in this episode? Yeah, I just want to touch on the point of space because I think that's my been my biggest adjustment is the word I want to use because I'm not sure it's a struggle. But um, I think before you have kids, or I'll just speak for myself, like before having a child, I was like, oh, I have all my time to do all my regulation or whatever I want. Um, and I notice like my brain being in the space of like, I need space. I need to go do away from you this thing to feel calm. And it's just not realistic <laughs> because of everything that you said most of the time. Um, sometimes I can find space to do things alone, and I think that's important. But when we can, but it's not always possible. And I think the practice as a parent is like, how do you, like you were saying, find the pockets of time and make that work? Like, I had noticed recently, or sometimes I just, like, hold my breath when I'm with the baby. <laughs> and he's not, you know, he's pretty easygoing. Like, it's not, like, it's super stressful all the time. But I noticed, like, then I pass him off to my partner, or he's sleeping, or whatever, or he's just not on me. And I'm like, <sighs> my God, I could breathe. And then I feel terrible about that, which is like a whole other conversation, but it reminds me to like, okay, I can breathe when I'm like holding the baby. It doesn't have to be this separate thing. And more importantly, it should probably happen, can happen separately, but it should also happen in his presence. So he knows he's very little, but 
because he's very little, my nervous system is his nervous system. His isn't developed, so he's regulating with me. And it was such, like, this helped me to remember that because it's not something I need to be doing away from him. And then just like that space doesn't exist. Like space can exist in the moment when you create it, which I think is where I've been coming from with this reset. It's like, oh, I can do these things with him. With the, Usually with him on me sleeping. Not like, can't engage him. He's two months old. <laughs> can't really do some of these activities. But, you know, I think as someone who had a spiritual practice and practice regulating her nervous system for so long alone in the quiet, like living alone, like not having to deal <laughs> with other people and other people's nervous systems. It was really hard for me at first to be like, Oh, okay. Like, this is what I talk about. This is what I tell people all the time is like, you don't have to go like hide in your room and <laughs> have like the perfect situation to regulate yourself. You just have to have the awareness to do it and remember to do it in the moment, which can be hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, everyone's entering motherhood at different times. Like I didn't find these practices really until I was a mom already. Um, but he was also somewhat old enough where I could, I had, you know, he had independence where I could do things. Um, but yeah, one other thing that I wanted to touch on from where I was when we recorded this episode was this, this was January and we're in June at the time of recording. Um, you won't listen till like July or later, but I, cause I talked about my oldest um, and how, you know, I was kind of, like, expecting him to more listen, like, an adult and blah, blah, blah. But um, we have, like, freaking had a time since the last recording. Um, and, you know, because we talk about conscious parenting and how that's, like, about deconditioning, not expecting our kids to be a certain way. And, like, I don't without going into too much detail, because this is, like, just, I think, probably another conversation, but I just want to touch on it quick. Um, but, yeah, like, we're still working on it. I ended up getting him into play therapy because I just felt like we needed some more support. And, like, therapy, you know, a lot of us as kids were, like, therapy was, like, weird and whatever, but it's, like, you know, it's, I think it's like the norm now it's becoming, you know, the norm, but that's where I was at. I was like, I, I need help. Like we just need another support team and I need someone who's going to support him and help him learn the tools because especially with my nervous system being so insane right now and still in this hardcore in this baby zone. Um, yeah, I just like, I mean, I think I've been wanting to take him to therapy for a long time just to have you know another person a professional whatever to help talk through anything whatever but I don't know where I'm going with this um but yeah so like we're working on it and because conscious parenting that really is all you know it's about doing what's best for your kid and so like you don't have to do it all on your own and if you don't have like the support in your life like you can get insurance to pay for somebody. You know? <laughs> I don't know. That's literally the only way that, you know, is finding a therapist that took our insurance. But um, because I don't want to force him 
you know, and just take, taking him is, like, just helping me be more conscious of it, too, um, and making sure I'm not forcing him to, like, be a certain way, or, like, I was just getting so dysregulated because of his stuff, like, the things that he, like, he was so dysregulated, and I was so dysregulated, and it was just these blow-ups, and I don't know, so... I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, I don't know. It's been like, it's been a very tough few months here for me. Um, and that's something that as we continue the podcast, you know, I'm pretty open about everything. Um, but conscious parenting is just a journey. And I think that's more what I want to touch on. And it's, you're not going to be perfect all the time. There's going to be mom- like phases in your life when you're dysregulated and you don't respond don't do the things like you want to do like (laughs) there's some some things this last year like that have come out of my like nothing like horribly terrible like in like an abusive way or anything but like like I just sound like my dad or like (laughs) I'm like I'm just conditioning my child right now but I don't even have any other words right now (laughs) just like just dumb little things but I'm like well okay that's not the story I want to give my kid and so, but that's, it's all about the awareness first and figuring out the tools. So, like, we're using therapy as a tool right now. Um, and then I just continue to learn, and the nervous system regulation has been helping so much. And, like, he does it, he does stuff with me, too, and he does his own stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's really just this whole journey of becoming aware and just doing better. And you can start it any time. You don't have to start it from birth. If you're listening to this, finding this, or other things in this, you know, same sphere of parenting, like, just because you have parented a different way so far doesn't mean, like, you can't change. It does take work. But, like, we're all doing that work as conscious parents. Like, we are because we're deconditioning from our own childhood and everything else. So, yeah, I know that's my little spiel to finish up. <laughs> did you have anything else to add before we get into the episode yeah just to echo that um like you were saying about conscious parenting right it's a journey and it's definitely not about perfection and doing it 100% of the time it's about having that awareness and learning and asking for support and all those things but the same thing same thing is true with our nervous system like we can't always be regulated 100% of the time um that's not normal <laughs> And if someone is, it's probably not real. Um, So just keeping that in mind as you journey with parenting, it's okay to become dysregulated. It's just about bringing yourself back, pulling in the tools and figuring out how to work with it so it doesn't happen as often. Yeah, I love that. All right, well, we hope that you enjoy this episode and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, mamas. Welcome to our first podcast-style conversation. Today, we are going to be talking about conscious parenting. And at the time of recording this, it is um, the end of January 2022. Um, Today, we're going to open with Emma leading us through a little grounding. So if you are able to, wherever you are, if it is safe to do so. Um, go ahead and do this. Always come back to it later or find some time in your day to just take a couple moments for yourself. That was beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so if you can, like Kylie said, if you can safely close your eyes, you can do that now. 
We're just going to start with a couple deep breaths to center ourselves. So you can breathe in and out through your nose or in and out through the mouth, whatever feels the most comfortable today. Just taking a couple deep breaths. As you breathe, really feel whatever parts of you are connected to the earth, your feet, your seat, and your whole body, if maybe you're lying down. Feel your connection and feel supported. Use your breath to really anchor into that support to deepen that feeling of groundedness. Take two more deep breaths here. And slowly, when you're ready, you can open your eyes. We're gonna jump into our conversation. Where do we wanna start? I don't know, but I needed that, and so I think that was a good way to start this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, we've, you and I have been talking a lot over the past few months and like getting ready for this. We've had so many conversations around this, um, but I thought, because a big part of this is like supporting each other on the journey of conscious parenting. So I think, I mean, we can talk about kind of our idea, maybe. Should we start with like, what, yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked, touched on this here and there, but like we could talk about our ideas of it, what it is. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. Should we start? Yeah. There? Go ahead. <laughs> Do you wanna? You want me to start? Yeah. Okay. I did not prepare anything, so let me see what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> um, I mean, so conscious parenting to me, I think it is something that like is kind of unique to each individual because that's, I think, I mean, if, when we look at consciousness, it's like this very broad thing, right? It, it can be so many different things. There's like, it, you know, it's like this big, big, big umbrella and then all these little like things flow through it. Um, but for me, like, it's, it's really like intentional parenting. It's really allowing your kid to lead. And so like, especially when you have multiple kids, like your parenting isn't the same with each, you're parenting individually to them and to whatever they need and how they react. Um, and like not conditioning them. Right. I mean, and we're, that's something we're going to do. And so like, we have to like work through that and like we're trying not to condition them. We're trying to like let them be their own being and raising conscious humans. So like, and when we say that, like we're raising them to like not be conditioned where like we don't want them to be like fit in this little tiny box and you know, like society, like society tries to shove us all in like one little box. And as you can see by our generation, that didn't work. <laughs> like, I mean, are, now I'm going to go over to astrology quick, but are you Pluto? Is your Pluto in Scorpio too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're the Pluto. I don't, I don't know when that transition, but yeah, we're those, 
that's Scorpio Pluto and so like, it didn't work like we're like no no that's not gonna work for us right no thanks and so yeah it's just it's conditioning or not conditioning it's like doing that but like you have to come back to yourself right because we have been so conditioned our entire lives we have been trying to shove they've tried to shove us on these boxes and like tried to make us be the same and like go to school and sit down and like I mean I even went to like Catholic school we were all wearing the same clothes <laughs> like we were all wearing uniforms and like trying to be an individual and that was like ridiculous and like um you know it was a one-way one way fits all mentality and that's not at all like how humans are um and so coming back to ourselves deconditioning from our past and our childhoods and then also deconditioning from how your parents raised you because that's what we kind of revert back to because that's what when our subconscious was formed is like in those early years zero to seven zero to 14 um and so like then when we become parents so like we're like oh well this is how we do it because that's what we saw and so like we have to do a lot of work to be like no that's not how I'm gonna do it um but it's really it's it's a journey and it's a process and it's a lot of deep work and it's not easy um I have more thoughts, but I'll pass it on to you yeah. and let you add your two cents okay. or 10 or a dollar. Yeah, or a dollar. Um, I want to preface by saying my baby's still in my belly, so I don't, and not that that doesn't matter, that doesn't count, but I do think I could sit here and say what I think it is, but if you ask me in a couple months, it might be different and look different as it's actually being put into practice. Um. I think a big thing I come back to with it is like you were saying, Kylie, just the conditioning or not con not conditioning them, um, but also like my own my own deconditioning. Um, I feel like pregnancy has brought up a lot of stuff as it does as big life changes do to show me areas where I can work on my own conditions or ways that I've been conditioned and how that would show up in parenting or just how it shows up in life too because most of the things that are going to come up when you have children around your conditioning are things that are already playing out in your life in maybe the same ways or other ways so um it's not shockingly new stuff if you've been paying attention to it um but yeah it it really comes back to, to me, for me, like being able to deal with my own stuff and see things as my own, my own shit. Like <laughs> my partner and I, I were having a conversation today about something totally random, but he was explaining how this person says when they get upset or someone's doing something, they respond by saying, you're making me feel this way or what you're doing is making me feel that way. And he thought it was the strangest thing. And I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> but I didn't have that conversation. Um, but it, that that's exactly what it is. It's like, okay, you're crying you're whatever, you're not listening, whatever it may be, and I'm having this reaction doesn't really have anything to do with 
you, child, is what I mean by you. I don't mean you, Kylie. <laughs> but, like, just to be clear, because I'm looking at you while we're talking. Oh, I know you know that. But, it, you know, you're making me feel... And also, like, you're... It's not you're making me feel and you're bad for making me feel. Like, the experience that you're having is causing me to have an experience. And that parenting for me is, like, especially with a little baby when they're... It's different when they get older. Um, but you're having that experience in your body. Like, I'm having that experience. I don't... I know I'm making sense, but I also... <laughs> I do that thing where I over-explain things because I don't... Like, I'm not fully thought out. I get it. No, and you, you are making sense, but okay. no, I'm the same way. We both... <laughs> I think we both, like, over-detail. I think that's a... That's got to be, like, a trauma response, right? Because I... I've been missing... Uh, okay, like, this is, like, sidetrack conversation, but it's, like, the 5-1 profile. I think it's got to be, right, in human design because we're projected upon. So we have to, like, over-explain because people can't see what we truly mean because they have their own ideas. Yeah. Of what? I don't know if that's... And whether it plugs into that or not, I feel like I have a lot of trauma around. Yeah. Being, being seen and not being heard and not being listened to. Same. That I don't know how to articulate myself clearly at times. Joe's been pretty crazy. He's like, am I understand you? And I'm like, I, I don't understand me though. <laughs> so how could you understand what I'm saying if I don't have a clear grasp on it? But that's besides the point. Something else that... <laughs> came up today in my relationship honestly around this topic um we were talking about something not related to this and my partner's great by the way I'm not sharing the best examples I think of <laughs> him he, he's just not this stuff isn't entirely his jam on his own accord um but I was sharing something and he said something about how he thinks I get stuck in the past too much, which is 100% a true attribute of my personality. But it made me think about, like, that in the conditioning piece, how helpful it is to understand our own conditioning. And also, at, like, he was right, at a point, letting that go and not using that as an excuse for our behavior. And I feel like I'm, this is kind of not a tangent or a segue or just not where I thought we would go, but I think it can be really easy to be conscious and to look at our conditioning and use that kind of like astrology or like anything and use it in like a negative way. Like, oh, well, this happened to me or this was my experience or this were put upon me. And the whole point of being able to see what we were conditioned with is to be able to transmute it. It's not to be able to, like, every time that thing happens or we react in a certain way to say, oh, poor me. And that's not always how it's coming up, but, like, oh, poor me that this thing happened to me. That's why I'm this way. It's about moving past that point and being, like, we were talking about money and how I can't spend money on myself and I feel so guilty about it. And he was like, well, that's not true anymore. Like, what happened that made you feel that way isn't present in your life anymore. And I was like, oh, right. And that's where the transmutation of, like, the conditioning is. Is like, what 
what do you do to move past that? Because just the awareness of what it is and why it's coming up and how it's making you act in terms of parenting, I'm just explaining, I'm saying, well, it's, it's not enough. It's a start. But then there's that step of like, well, now that I know this, kind of where do I go from here? I just just knocked everything over, trying to unmute. I'm like, yes, 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 so many thoughts. <laughs> um, okay, I want to dive into this, but before I forget, the first thing that you said is like, ask me in a couple months, and I'll probably have different thoughts, and I want to touch on that because that's parenting. Parenting, and like, that's what we should be doing. We can't be getting stuck in, you know, in one way, and so like, we might have a thought about one thing and then when our kid presents it to ourselves we're like oh I'm gonna treat this very differently like um you know we see a lot of people that don't have kids and they kind of stand on their pedestals and pedestals and they're like I am never going to like bed share I'm never gonna do this or that like my kids aren't gonna have screen time and then it's like the complete opposite when baby comes and it's like no shame on them because they don't know like you can't know like you can think you know until you're in it and like and then it's just it's just very different so it's one of those things like we're meant to just grow and like do that so um and like me too like I'm growing like I have a six-year-old but like where I was when he was born is very different than where I am now and like and I'm constantly trying like every age and every day presents new things to like learn and grow from and try to figure out which is just a process in itself so um I did want to touch on that um because I love that because that's what we're meant to do right we're meant to like just change and go with the flow um so um okay so all of this there's, there's just so much. Um, but yeah, I think being aware of like your triggers and like where things came from your conditioning, but then doing something about it is like, that's the big, and like, that's, I think where we get stuck because like to actually like transmute, like it's not even enough to just be aware of it and then move past it because it's literally like, especially if it happened when you were a kid you have like your neural pathways are formed and like it takes like so that's where you know like the spiritual community is very big on affirmations right like some I think some people people are finally starting to like kind of move past it because we're realizing it takes way more work you can use affirmations and change your life but it's going to take way 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 longer than like actually getting into your subconscious and rewiring your neural pathways so like when you were a kid, everything was forming, so neural pathways, but then they keep firing there. And so like now as an adult, you have to go back and you're like, no, we are going to form new neural pathways, but that takes, like you can do subconscious work and that like it's formed a lot faster there, but like also I think being aware, but then like, okay, it's happening again. What can I do to change it right now? Um, is something like is big but it can it takes practice too like but yeah just saying like nope that I'm doing this because of that and then that's it like that's not going to change anything for you and that's where you get into the again not you but that's where people get into the pattern of or I'll just say I get into the pattern of like oh gosh I've, how long have I been saying this about this thing like that has to be annoying for another person to hear because nothing nothing's changing 
because awareness isn't enough to change behavior. I also want to say this, like, yes to everything you said, and the solution to that or, like, the way to work with your neural pathways isn't just to do the opposite thing or, or provide yourself with a solution. So using my, like, spending money on myself, because I can say this for many times, like, just being, like, just do it, you're being stupid, <laughs> and just, like, buying something, it actually doesn't make make the make that go away um what does what can is going to be different for every person but it it's about going in being able to rewire your brain you can do okay I'm just gonna I'm just I was like how can I talk about this without like going into it I think I'm just gonna go into it You have to go, okay, this thing happened. It made you respond a certain way. Those parts of your brain fire together. Often, anything that is going to be conditioning that brings up shame is coming out when we're, like, parenting, whatever. All those things usually are not formed in, like, a regulated nervous system. So when those things are coming up, your nervous system is getting dysregulated, and those pathways are firing. So you most likely don't feel safe, right? That's why just jumping to the opposite thing, like, okay, just go spend the money. I can do that, but then I'm I'm like riddled with shame and guilt or whatever feelings were conditioned into me about that behavior. So what you can do is figure out what you need to feel calm to do that thing. So your nervous system's regulated and that's a piece there's, many other cooler ways I guess you could do it but the simplest way is okay what is it going to take for me to feel safe to actually achieve that behavior and often it looks like smaller pieces to that bigger goal often it looks like me having a conversation with myself and like calming that inner child and holding that space for my inner child and then go and spending money So it's that part of going back into it and working with that part of yourself um, to feel safe and to feel calm enough to then go do whatever that next step forward is. And that may be way smaller than whatever it was that made it come up. And that's also like... Everything that is wired into you is wired into you differently. So you can do that one time with one thing, and that might be it, right? It depends on how you interpreted the experience and how deep that trauma and that response and all the connections are in your body. It might take 10 times with one thing. It may take 200. It just depends on you, (laughs) I love that. Thank you for sharing that because there are, yeah, there's lots of different ways I know that you can work with it. And I do, um, I follow Lacey Phillips and I'm in the pathway. Um, so I do like her subconscious, like the reprogramming exercises that like, so that's like what I'm most familiar with doing, but like, I'm like, I need other ways and I want other ways to do it too. And like simpler and that's not going to cost people money to go do, like, you know, so, um, 
Yeah, and I think the, because I thought too, the nervous system part, because like when you're a parent, like parenting takes a toll on your nervous system. Um, you're not, it's not just you, like you're in charge of these humans. <laughs> like, and then you have like just life responsibilities and everything and like, like things just aren't, it's just not you anymore. And that's not a bad thing. It's just different and we're not used to it. And like, so then what happens and you know this, but like, I mean, not as a parent, but I know, you know, it, (laughs) I know, you know how it's going to go, but like your kid triggers you. Right. But you might not have slept for weeks. Four months in my case um like you know like sleep is huge for the nervous system when you know as a parent you sleep deprivation is like a real thing and it's honestly it's just part of it and like and so like sometimes just acceptance of that can help a whole bunch like maybe it doesn't actually help your nervous system but like not fighting it and like not like that's just gonna add more stress to it and make it worse so like for me literally just the acceptance of like this is a phase and I know that even if it's a year or so like I know it will be over like I did the same thing with Forrest and I remember being so tired but I didn't really notice how tired I was until I was out of it like uh, after like a year year and a half like looking back I'm like oh I was like I mean, I was teaching at the time, too, so I had to, like, get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to work. I remember going into work and, like, wanting to sleep under my desk. Like, I never did, but I wanted to. So, because I had, like, an hour before kids came, and I wasn't, like, a classroom teacher. I had small groups. Like, there were days I wanted to, like, I was so close to going and crawling under my desk and napping in that hour. Um... Oh, was, but yeah, like I didn't know. I mean, I knew in it, but not as bad as like a year later looking back. I'm like, oh my gosh, like pure survival mode, right? But like when you're in survival mode, you're in survival mode. So like you just you're surviving, and that's you know, and not just surviving. But anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. Too far. But anyway, um, but yeah, like your nervous system just takes a toll. So then, like when you're triggered. It's not just that your kid is acting a certain way or doing something, but typically it's bringing some, like if you're triggered, it's bringing something up in you that maybe like, you know, like we kind of hear sometimes like everyone's behavior, like if it's bringing something up, if you're triggered, like there's a reason for it. But like when it comes to your kids, like there is something like a lot of times, like there's something deeper. Like, and if you look back to your childhood, there's a good chance you're going to find something that you were conditioned a certain way to be. And that's why that behavior or society is like, put it in your head. Like your kid, like even that, like with babies, like sometimes like a mom will like with them not sleeping through the night, like he, he'll be seven months on Monday, Tuesday. Um, and like, he's not anywhere close to sleeping through the month, through the month, <laughs> through the night. I don't sleep through the month. <laughs> um, through the night and like and I didn't when I was pregnant I didn't expect him to like Forrest didn't I was just like I have zero expectations around that which helps to be honest (laughs) just like not expectations but I know that there's moms who will get triggered by that like when people ask that like oh is baby sleeping through the month (laughs) through the night (laughs) I'm stuck on this month Kylie's telling us she needs a month of sleep pretty much but um is baby sleeping through the night and like moms will get really annoyed by that like 
No, if someone asked me that, I'd probably just launch into it like, oh no, actually, like biologically, it's actually okay that like they're not. I'm, and I'd probably go on a whole tangent to them and be like, I'll make you feel uncomfortable. No, <laughs> not on purpose, but at the same time, let me educate you. Yeah. Uh, but there's moms that like that will get annoyed, you know, like oh, like. But like now, if you're thinking, okay, well, that's because society has conditioned us that our babies should be sleeping through the night by like six weeks old or you know whatever and so like even being able to like see where that's coming from it's been a lot not that it's going to fix it but especially with our kids like when they trigger you you're in the moment like your nervous system is like ah it's like you know danger zones and like you can't always react even like when you're like in the back of your head you're consciously like I should react this way like your nervous system is like you're you're triggered and like you can't I don't I don't have words right now it's waking up but well can I have words yes (laughs) well when you're when you're okay I was thinking about this kind of what you were talking and when I was talking before because I had a feeling it was going to come up when you're triggered you're most and your nervous system's activated your sympathetic nervous system is activated your rational mind shuts off so you go into that instinctual part of your brain hi Khalil oh my god that face what is that face that's so cute never seen him make that face um your your mature rational brain turns off and makes it hard. I can't look at him right now because it's gonna distract me. Uh, <laughs> it turns off and you can't you can't act like you were just saying. You know you should react a certain way. You might have access to that thought, but you can't actually make that come through your body or through your mouth, right? Like you can't actually present that experience. You're so in your instincts and you're in survival mode even if you've been living in survival mode if you're triggered you're even more in it but what also happens in that experience and I'm gonna say this is more so with an, an older child I don't know because I, I'm just thinking about like when I was teaching and stuff because it can still happen if they're not your children children can trigger you but you're the most regulated nervous system in the room even if your nervous system is not regulated at all because kids are still developing theirs and a lot of how that's developing is based on all the things that we've been talking about. What is the conditioning that's going into it, et cetera. So your brain shuts off. They don't even have that part of their brain fully formed. So they can't make, I mean, have you met a toddler? They can't make rational decisions. They don't have logic and that's just where they are developmentally. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just where they are. So you're always, for a long time, going to be the most regulated nervous system in the room, the most developed one, even if you're, you know, (laughs) completely shut down, but they can't respond. They're also responding to how you respond. What, how they're reacting is based on how you're reacting, Um, which I think is just an important piece to note. I was like, should I say that? Shouldn't I say that? Because... Don't want to put any pressure to be like, that means you have to be regulated and calm. And like, sometimes that's just not accessible. I think that's the other piece of conscious, conscious parenting that we've talked about a lot. We can talk about here is like, you can't be not that perfection is the goal, but you can't be in that all the time. 
there's going to be times and moments that get away from you because of an unfortunately conscious parenting takes your whole brain to be on which means your nervous system is regulated and you're calm so if you are going out of that state for whatever reason you don't have access to the same things that you might have had access to before right if you were sitting and thinking about something and then you get triggered you're going and you might go into that space um yeah yeah and I think so that and I think that's kind of where like conscious parenting comes in is being able to recognize those things right and then do something about it and sometimes in the moment you can't like you might like conscious parenting that's the other thing conscious parenting isn't being perfect it's not never yelling at your kids like it's not you know like we all do those things in a sense like honestly I don't think I really yelled at Forrest until he was probably like five like when I really like had like my first like oh my gosh what are you doing like why did you do that kind of moment um and but yeah like it you know I still like there were plenty of moments that I could have done differently and stuff like but I think too the older they get the more it starts being like oh like you should know better by now and so (laughs) then it's easier for you to be like like lose it too because like whatever but it presents you like sorry go ahead I was gonna say I think too the older they get the more the more um conditioning comes into play like obviously we're being conditioned all the time but I think as children get older the more we can see ourselves more clearly in the things that are coming up with an infant with a baby they can be triggering you your nervous system can be out of whack but they are not fully in a personality and you know there's it just becomes more personal is what it seems like yeah it really does I mean Forrest is six now and like I said like you know they say like the terrible twos and I hate that like phrase um because toddlers toddlers are toddlers though like that's just what they're meant to do um they're only labeled that because we don't actually understand how brain and development works exactly we look at it as acting out and them acting poorly but they have no rational capability Mm-hmm. They can't understand when you say something's hot, don't touch it. They don't understand. They need to, like, explore. Mm-hmm. So more of that is our just, like, misleading. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not, it's not limited to being two. It's limiting yeah. limited to being a child. Your prefrontal cortex doesn't develop until you're 25 years old, and there's research that's saying that it can be even later than that. So... I mean, it's developing as we get older, right? So you're, you're gaining more and more of those skills, but they're still growing as it's a lot. Yeah, I didn't know that it was late, like possibly even later now, which is crazy, but also makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, I think sometimes like just knowing, like it comes back to that acceptance piece and like just knowing where they're at developmentally, like can help you so much because it just in the moment, it helps you like, oh, okay. But like for me, like personally, like I've had a hard time with the last couple of years. I mean, I've also been pregnant and I went through a breakup and like became a single mom and like I have a lot on my plate right now. So like, and my nervous system, like it's just... that's a big piece of it but also like just in reflecting and trying to like kind of figure it all out like 
my mind for some reason and maybe it's like society I don't know where it's coming from for sure maybe it's like my own conditioning so I'm kind of like just talking this out now but like for some like my son is six right now and I keep like there's so many times I'm like you should know this like sometimes I almost like feel like it's like reverting and I'm like what is going on I mean and some of it like he is now like there's another there's a baby and like oh, hold on one second if you want to talk <laughs> I'm gonna meet myself um this is kind of going a little bit backwards in what we were saying but I think the beauty of conscious parenting especially when we consider all the pieces of the nervous system is it really allows us to sit and think about things after they happen right if you can have access in your nervous system in the moment to like do things in the way that you would prefer to do them and not react and you can respond calmly in the way that you want then that's great but when you don't have those moments and you're dysregulated and then you're like oh I wish I could have done this that allows you to, you have that space to like think about it and prepare yourself with ways to regulate yourself in the moment so you can actually do the thing differently. Because often when we yell, we know we don't want to be yelling. It's not like we need to figure out what the difference in behavior is. Sometimes we might. What we need to figure out is how do we, how do I not react? Right? How do I not go into that space? How do I not let my nervous system take over? And how do I be calm enough to respond? That's a little piece, but you can also just pick up yeah. where you were too. Yeah. Great example of I. how many times did I go out there before we recorded? And I was like, hey, we're going to record. Like, don't come in here. Like, ha he set up with stuff, but of course, like, it just happens. Um, and like, like, I could have reacted like, hey, don't go in here. And he wanted to watch a gamer. And like, I'm like, no, like, I don't want you watching gamers. But, you know, like, I could have, like, just that. I could have went, like, okay, we talked about this already. Like, I could have gone very, like, one way. But I decided to, you know, I was like, okay, he's coming in. Here's my chance to, like, practice this right now. Like, and it literally takes, like, even, like, some, like, even just a deep breath before. Like, what you were saying with walking your dog, when that conversation we had, like, you're like, okay, when my dog pulls and, like, is annoying me, I'm going to stop and take a deep breath today instead of, like, getting mad at my dog. And, like, a breath can do so much. Yeah, and I, I think what you just shared about that example with Forrest, too, it brought this idea to mind. of like, also, how do you want to feel? Like, if you're in a, um, if you're within your window of tolerance, right, you're not overactivated, you're not completely shut down, you have access to your faculties, and you can choose how you want to respond, that's what that space is, like, you could have totally handled that differently. But also, we have to take care of ourselves, too, and it's not worth that, right? And that's also, I am saying this to you, Kelly, that's also your own conditioning or would be someone's own conditioning, right? Your desire to put, I've told, I've talked to you, like, talked to you about this, blah, 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 blah. Like you wanted to be seen, you wanted to be heard. That wasn't happening in that dynamic, in that moment. And it's also just like, okay, like we don't, I don't need to go into that. Whether you have the awareness of that in the moment, that doesn't really matter, but just also conserving your energy because parenting's hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually love that example too, though, of like wanting to be seen and heard and expecting a six-year-old to give that to me. Like that's unrealistic. But I didn't want to like, want to say that, but yeah. No, I've never thought about it like that though. And that's big. That's huge. But that's, 
I mean, this is in my in my mind. <laughs> Again, who knows what's gonna happen when the little man comes out, but that's always what's happening, right? Like we're trying to get our needs met that we didn't get met from a six-year-old. Hmm. From a whatever age our child is. And it's never their responsibility. Even when they're older, like even when we can have a different relationship with them, because we're both adults, it's it's still not their responsibility to do that. But often that like that's where it's coming from. Is our own wounded parts that want to be seen and heard or validated or to insert what you want there. And then it just becomes this, this losing battle because how many times have you had that conversation with Forrest? How many conversations do people have with their kids? And I, not every time I roll my eyes, but I often roll my eyes. I'm just like, it's not, and I'm not saying this specifically about you, but like, it's not resolving often because your needs aren't getting met in that dynamic, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I've honestly have never thought of it in that way. I have like lately been reflecting like, okay, I'm a single mom. Like I'm with just these two. And so I have like, especially since having Khalil and Forrest has been such a great helper. I've noticed that sometimes I'm like, I'm not expecting him to be an adult or anything, but there's this dynamic lately of like, not him not being a child, but there, there's just a different dynamic lately. And so I'm like realizing, I'm like, okay, so like we, I can't like, I'm like thinking like, I'm, I'm just wondering if like sometimes I'm like expecting him to be an adult and like, because he's six now and there's a baby. So like all of a sudden, like he does seem much older and much more grown up. So I'm like starting to like feel like he is, I don't know what you're doing. How'd you get Leander there? He's <laughs> just. <laughs> It's under my chair. He's safe. He's fine. He's just being He's crazy. a roller. Uh, he is. Again, as of right now. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Um, okay. One second. Yeah, though, that... I mean, I am saying this to you. That makes a, a lot of sense, though. Because if, if you had a partner or someone else there, or more outlets or whatever that might be a little bit different with Forrest it, it, it may not be because he's still gonna be, he's still gonna be there and I still <laughs> think that's part of his um his karma his karma Mr. Moon and Capricorn there's oh, gonna be some responsibility and that I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And it, yeah, I just, I think for myself, I have to make sure that I'm also like, you know, making sure I'm treating him as a kid and as a son, which I do. But, um, I think I have read some interesting dynamics about having a kid with a moon and Capricorn and the mother relationship. So I'm trying to be conscious because I don't, I read like one thing and it was like not great. And I was like, mm, okay, well, so I need to, I mean, and I know like that's, we don't treat astrology good or bad like that. And so, but at the same time, if there are some things to that, that's something where I can then be, use that as a tool to be aware that I might treat him a certain way or 
put these things on him that yeah. constrain our relationship and I don't want that so I, ha- I just have to be more conscious that I am treating him you know diff- you know in a better way or whatever it is and also not to plug astrology but like how Bobby and I literally had this conversation. I was like, I'm just so nervous that he's going to be a moon in Capricorn. And Mm -hmm. it's nothing is good or bad. But that was me projecting what I would worry about, what that would mean about me as a mother with a child with that, because the moon describes the mom or how the kid perceives their mom. Um, But also how great that you have that awareness and you can just be aware of that now. Some of those, some of those things, some of those pieces of like, oh, where, where does responsibility fall into this? How much am I putting on him? And the thing is, you don't have to know astrology to know any of that. Those things are coming up in your relationship, regardless of you knowing that. It's just interesting. All of it. It is. Um, I want to go back just too quick to the terrible twos thing um because i think at that age because zero to seven is like that whole prefrontal cortex like that's the main thing but it's like um like this like where Forrest is developmentally like he's very much still in that and so but at two i think it gets labeled as that because they can't talk like they can't talk through their things they can't understand like Forrest can understand words like he can understand what i'm saying but he can't necessarily like in you know like take that and like yeah like put it into action and like and I just like but like it's like but but you know what I'm saying and all this stuff and I'm like and you're so smart like why are you not listening but it's not like and so yeah it just comes back to that's where conscious parenting comes in right it's like you get to use that knowledge then to help you in those moments but also like being aware of like okay I reacted very badly this time like and then fixing that with your child like having a conversation with them like conscious parenting is apologizing to your child and it is having those open conversations that we are all human and we make mistakes and like it was not you and like you know doing those things which can be hard and then depending to how you grew up and what your conditioning is around apologizing or being wrong um but yeah it's and then and then it's like when that opportunity presents itself again making sure you do it differently and sometimes um sometimes you can't fix the entire like let's say it's the same exact scenario sometimes you can't do it exactly right like again but like one part of that might be better that next time and then the next time it happens you might have another little piece that's better like it can take a lot of tries to get it to where it feels good for you both if that yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. and of course I totally just lost my train of thought it was something around all of that oh I was thinking about how they say this in relationship and I, I it holds true because we're in relationships with our children the most important factor is like how you how you handle repair. So if there's a rupture, if something happens, they say this about. I think this is coming from like therapy with clients, but it still it still it still applies to all relationships. How do you handle that 
when something, when you don't respond the way you want to, when you react instead of respond, what do you do about that? And I was just thinking like my own healing, my own desire for my own parents. Like I don't, you can't expect anyone to be perfect or get it right. A hundred percent of the time, regardless of what their parenting style is. But if my parents could have come back and explain things to me or talk to me or apologize, I think I'd have a lot of different feelings about my childhood because the conditioning settles in deeper when there's no explanation for what's happening. And the, the, the child may not always understand. And you have to work with where the child is developmentally in the way that you repair things when you don't re react the way you want to. But I think just that factor of being able to address it is so important. And I mean, I don't know how you feel about your upbringing or what your experience was, but I think that was something that was totally just missed in our generation. There was no explanation of anything. I mean, it came from a household that didn't have a lot of conversations about much. So there's definitely not going to be conversations about emotions and, and apologizing for, and I don't, I mean, you can apologize. There's something wrong. I have my own feelings about apology. You said that and I was like, it's me. I have feelings about apologizing, but I think it's, I just think it's more about ownership than it is about being sorry. You can be sorry. That's fine too. If that's, you don't have issues with apologizing, but it's being able to say, I, how I reacted, that isn't how I wanted to react. That isn't fair to you. That doesn't have anything to do with you. Again, explain to <laughs> the age of what your child is. But I just think that piece is so important and it was, yeah, unfortunately so missed for us, but fortunately, cause it makes us really want to do that for our kids and do things differently. Yeah, communication and emotions were not a thing in my family growing up. So, like, as I look for a partner and someone who I want to be around my kids, it's communication is just very important to me. Um, I've had experiences with people who just take things very personally uh, from myself, but my kids. I mean, more Forrest. He's, you know, six now, but... They just take how, like, his reactions to things and his responses, they just take it personally. And that's a big part of conscious parenting is, like, we're not going to take it all personally um, and just react. Um, and then, like, I've, you know, there's been times where I've approached them with some different ways to then approach, you know, whatever their issue is with Forrest or whatever their, you know having a fit about <laughs> not for us but them and it ends up they end up turning it on to me and it becomes this really big thing and conscious parenting just not from me but like just consciously interacting with another human which is a child goes out the window and then there's just like zero communication they don't want to listen to me because they've been triggered and they just take it so personally and it's just, it's really hard to deal with. Um, and so that's just, yeah, that those, I've had a few different experiences from different people. Um, and yeah, it just makes it really hard. Okay. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, but I don't want to open the can of worms because we're getting close to an hour because it's like a whole other conversation. 
But often, like, the demands that we're placing upon kids, I'm going to use the word demands or ask, often, like, have 100% to do with us and nothing to do with them. Like, we've had, Bobby, I mean, again, real life is going to happen and your conditioning and your stuff's going to come out, but really wanting to work towards a goal together of, like, if it's not harming them or harming other people, like not putting not asking them to change their behavior if it's not a safety issue because a lot of the time I mean there's going to be things right like other things that are needed because that need to be addressed and handled but a lot of the time whatever the child is doing is making us feel some sort of way about something that then we're them projecting out and saying, don't do that, stop, I told you, then, right, then that's how we, like, get into the needs issue, is that usually what we're trying to address is already something that was happening inside of ourselves. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think, and that's, like, I mean, conscious parenting, it's realizing... That your kids are their own being, and we want to keep them their own being. We want to keep them as whole as we can, you know. I mean, we're all whole, but, you know, we want to keep them, like, as them. They're, They're this little spiritual being, and we are here to guide them and not try to make them be a certain way. Now, we can teach them, and we can help them, like with their emotions we can help them react in safer ways and like you know like here like stomping feet can be great we are in an apartment here so like stomping our feet when we're mad is not a great way for us to deal with our anger here because we are in an apartment on the second floor and the floor is sucking like we have people that live under us so like I guide him in coming up with other ways to like release our anger and move it through our body and but like having conversations like that and like so we we can teach them and like but we're not trying to like condition them like we're not saying like you can't be mad like anger is bad like that's not what we want to do we want to talk like guide them in their emotions and make sure that they we want to make sure that they feel seen and heard um And that we're not just, like, projecting all of our own childhood shit onto them. Because that's, I think, where we get stuck. Um, But, yeah, I think communication and emotions are big things. And that we're, a lot of us in our generation are learning how to do um, and trying to put into practice. And that's, I think, where I was going with that. because Yeah. And we're learning how to do that with our like with our kids exactly it's one thing to do it with your partner it's one thing to do it with yourself it's becoming comes a whole different ball game with small humans but I think my closing ish point is oh man did I just lose it though because <laughs> you know we've been you know everything we're just saying about you know directing them and let you know being their guide like you're they're also being your guide in a lot of ways to where your own healing is needed (laughs) for your own sake like yeah for your relationship you can put that on it but also for you because 
like I said at the beginning, what's coming up with your kids is stuff that's coming up in other ways or even in the same ways in other areas of your life. So what they're pointing to, what they're, what they're feeling, what you're feeling when they do something, that's your opportunity to do your own work, do your own regulating and doing that instead of <laughs> try putting it, putting it back on them. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, parenting brings up so much in yourself. And, like, that's, you just have to remember that that's yourself, <laughs> like, not your kid. Um, and I think, too, like, just being real about it and having a place like this community. I mean, not to plug the community, because if you're listening to this, you're already in the community. <laughs> but that's where having people or spaces that you can go to and be real about, like, I just opened up, like, I was very real about my struggles in parenting and like stuff because this is a safe space and that's what we want to do here because we want you to be able to bring something and whether it's like processing it out you know like oh okay this happened or or asking for ideas of ways because I think that's another thing is just like to that growth like I like to have like a conscious parenting book or podcast or something I like to listen to things to kind of keep those things just even like on my mind sometimes sometimes it's just like to keep things like relevant um because it's easy to get sucked back into your ways it's it's a constant process um so like I like to have like books or podcasts or spaces like I like to be in the conversations because it helps you grow um along too and I think that's a big part right is like always like finding because we can't do it on our own so like even if it like even if you're not in a group or with friends like having resources and stuff yeah is big like finding ways to learn and stuff so but yeah I feel like I better just shut up now otherwise we'll never stop talking about it yeah is there anything else you want to share or need to share to feel complete um I don't I mean I think overall it's just it's a very big topic and so like we just just got into a teeny tiny bit of it Uh um I mean we didn't really know where this conversation was gonna go we kind of said conscious parenting and around like the conditioning of a childhood a little bit yeah um so yeah I mean if you were listening to this you know like we want to have conversations in the group we'll have you know community calls we can talk about things um but yeah I mean there's so much this is a never-ending topic so I just don't want to leave you hanging with any closing thoughts so and I don't know if we said this in the beginning but this is our first we're recording this in January so this is our first like official recording that we're doing um if you're not with us in real time watching or listening to this I can assure you there will be many other versions of this conversation and different aspects of this conversation and things we didn't even bring up in this conversation relating to conscious parenting and conditioning and deconditioning um that will be living very near this recording. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening or watching. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you're listening and find us on Instagram at Empowered Mothers Village. We also have our membership, which includes monthly community circles on Zoom, a safe space to bring your experiences, where we also host occasional workshops and more. If you resonate with the show, we'd love to have you join. You can find all the details and more in the show notes.